For a message to be everlasting, it doesn't have to be eternal. So I'm going to try to squeeze everything I can into the short time because we've had a lot of things going on this morning. I'm just so glad there's a lot of good things happening. So thanks for participating. Uh, this morning we're going to jump back into Corinthians as we're, we're studying the life of Paul and we're saying what Paul was teaching the Gentile believers throughout Asia Minor, Thessalonians, Galatia, and now we come to Corinth and he's moving on. Again, reminded, I am reminded that the things that Paul was teaching them is what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us so that we learn as Paul would learn. And so the, the verses that we've, we were talking about was the idea of discipline. I don't know if you know that the word discipline comes from the word mathematics. Mathetis. And so if you're ordering in a math and a logical progression, you understand that life to be a disciple of Christ is to be a learner, to be a mathetis, to be one who's taught by a master. And so you're under the discipline, the teaching, the input, so that you can put life in a formula in a way that is godly, in a way that's righteous, that's real, really free. But you come to Paul, and you've got a problem, church, because you've got a group of people that are more dominated by their culture dominated by other values rather than Christ. And so Paul is trying to teach these Corinthians to grow up in maturity and learn the ways of God. And in uh, the uh, Bible study Wednesday, the passage in Psalm 104, I think it is, it says that Moses, in 104 verse 5, it says, God taught Moses his ways. The idea that God taught Moses his ways meant that Moses had to be in the very presence of God. I just lost my signal. He had to be in the presence of God. And, uh, and in the presence of God, he would learn again all those things that, that God wanted him to learn. Let's see, I've just lost my notes. <laughs> um. Dave, I want to have you come up and do this while I continue to talk, if you would. You can do it. And so the, uh, the thing for Paul is, as Paul is working on trying to get these Corinthians to learn and listen to Paul, Paul is in a conflict. And it's a conflict that if you get into this um, this particular situation, you're going to find that the Corinthians were resisting Paul. And the problem is, when Paul is trying to discipline or correct them, it backfires. And so everything you're going to learn about what Paul is saying to the Corinthians didn't work because the Corinthians were not open to be taught. And therefore, the resistance that you and I face in our life and somebody tries to advise you or counsel you, you always find the sense of, it's coming from somewhere. There's a, there's a, a stiff arm, a, a stubbornness. You ever meet people that are just not teachable? Well, this is what Paul ran into with the Corinthians. And Paul is trying to say, I want to help you grow and be transformed by the work of Christ because what Christ is doing in the world, in his people, he wants to do in you. And so when Paul gets into uh, this situation... Paul is 
actually being questioned. I don't think you're really qualified, Paul, because I don't think you really are an apostle. Thank you. And so as you get into Paul's got this tension, uh, they don't understand Paul. They misrepresent Paul. And Paul says, oh, I have to really deal with people who do not understand. And so he says in 1 Corinthians 8, when he's talking about the issues of should Christians uh, go to the temple and meet, eat meat that's sacrificed to idols? Can we do that? Paul says, not everybody has this knowledge. We're not at the same level. And therefore, there's going to be judgment about people and they don't understand what's going on. So Paul here says a principle. This is the principle he's going to lay down. That when we were talking about our rights and my privileges and what I need to do and what I want to do and what I believe and my convictions, so on and so forth, Paul says, and this is the phrase, though I am free... And I belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone. To win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. To win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. And and though myself, I'm not under the law, so I can win those under the law. To those that are not having the law, I became like one, one not having the law. Though I am not free... From God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so I can win those not having the law. But to the weak, I became weak. He goes on to say, I have become all things to all men, so that I may, by all possible means, that I might save some. And I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in the blessings of the gospel. So I have become all things to all men. What a phrase! It's going to be a confusing piece because there are things, there's lots of moving parts in this, in this passage. And so, studying it, I thought, and I was reading through my various commentaries, it's interesting how people will compartmentalize this and take it out of context, but I want you to get back into the context with me. One pastor summarized it really quickly, Pastor Donald McCauley. He said, what's, le- what's led us up to this point he says, Corinthians, I want you to fix, fix your focus on Christ, not men, because they were following men. He says, and I want you to quit arguing. You're feuding. There's divisions in the church. He says, I want you to face up the fact that you don't know what you're doing, and you're being foolish. So Paul was really trying to discipline them to help them mature in Christ. He says, I can't talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to spiritual babies. And so they're sophomores. They're not yet ready, but here they are arguing with Paul. And he says, I just want you to forget that incest is wrong, sexual immorality is wrong, fornication is wrong. He goes into the issues that if you're filthy in your spirit, if you're unclean and you're doing what you want because sin dominates, he says, you've got lots to learn. And Paul wants them to be free from those things that shame and bring guilt and depression but now we come to this point where we are in the passage. I want you to figure out this thing of freedom. And since we're talking about freedom and July 4th, so on and so forth. But Paul is setting himself up as the mentor, as the apostle. And he says, I want you to follow my example. So he says in Philippians, just join together in following my examples, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Now that's pretty 
audacious to have a man come into a strange city, Gentile city, and say, follow me. Well, it wasn't just Paul doing it independently. Paul was following his model. And as Jesus was often misinterpreted and misunderstood, Paul was following Christ. And Christ, of all men, was certainly misrepresented and misunderstood. But he could afford to be so because he was strong enough, wise enough, compassionate enough, gracious enough to not react and not be threatened by people talking about him. Jesus is the most secure man you'd ever meet. And he would make you feel secure. No matter what your background, no matter what your status. But for our weakness, we always want to argue and vindicate and establish our position. So you've got this position with Corinthians. Paul was not understood because Paul was saying, they were saying about Paul, uh, you're not fulfilling our expectations. The way you think about love, Paul, is really confusing. It's hard to understand. It's really incomprehensible. As, As a matter of fact, I think it's kind of radical and not realistic. This has to do the fact that Paul was disappointing them because they had expectations of Paul that he wasn't doing. Now here is the problem. Paul was a quite complex and quite sophisticated man. Paul knew what he was doing. They did not know what Paul was doing. Peter, talking about Paul, says he writes the same way in all these letters, speaking in them of these matters, but his letters contain some things that are hard to understand. And Paul acknowledges that, that some people don't have this knowledge. They don't think like I do. But Peter says that those who don't understand, they are ignorant and unstable people distort as they do of the scriptures to their own destruction. They're arguing a position that Paul says, I don't think you get it. Because I am trying to follow Christ. And the principle that he lays down is that as Christ had expectations and, they, and the people were disappointed in Christ and they rejected Christ, well, likewise, there are many things that they thought about Paul. And so Paul would say uh, various things, but what he's going to get into is there's a principle that Paul wants everyone to understand. And this is the principle. That the calling of your freedom, if you're following Christ, will sometimes require a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit so that you will be enabled to lay down your rights. It's not about yourself, but to follow Christ in this Christ-like manner, you may have to leave your throne, your heaven, your realm, and your selfish desires in order to love and build up other people. And so the principle, the principle that Paul is trying to disciple them into maturity, but they're not getting it. But this understanding of their freedom means you have rights, but the freedom means you have a right to give up your rights. Because there's something higher than demanding your way It's called the way of love. In one sense, at the basis of all of our situations, we have a self-centeredness. Then there's a cultural 
environment that we're in. And then there's the law, and then there's the higher law of Christ. And so Paul's going to get into this, and he says, uh, don't you know, he continues on, don't you know that you run that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize, but everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Here's your discipline. But they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last. Therefore, I do not run in an undisciplined way. I do not run without a focus, but I run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. He's purposeful intentional. I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified. Now what's Paul doing? Paul is setting himself up as an example, as a mentor. There are people who don't know the spirit. There are people who are influenced by the culture. There are so many people who are in arguments and division in the church and they're endangering and distorting the gospel. So Paul was a man of, it was a reasoned, man of reasoned principle. And he was not an expedient man just to follow political trends or be persuaded by popularity polls. So here in a nutshell is what you've got in 1 Corinthians 9. To summarize it this way, Paul is going to give a defense because they're attacking him. You're not an apostle. You're wishy-washy. You're confusing. We don't understand you, Paul. And then Paul's going to talk about how he handles these situations with his deference because he's sensitivity to different situations. And the last one has to do with Paul's discipline. His defense, real quickly, is he's, his actions are questioned. Have you ever been questioned? And when you're questioned, people think, you don't know what you're talking about or you're not good enough or something's wrong. Well, they question Paul. Are you really an apostle? And here's the problem. Paul says that I am an apostle, but I have to defend this fact that the reason why you're questioning me as an apostle is because of my actions. And what Paul was doing was this. He was not eating meat, sacrificed to idols. When he could have eaten meat, and be, because he's free in Christ, he, he knew that there were no gods. He knew there were no idols. He didn't recognize, he recognized that there was no problem with eating meat. And, and it's not a rule-bound situation. It's a relational-bound situation with Christ. But Paul was free to eat, but he didn't use his freedom to eat. He says, I want to use my freedom not to offend people who don't want to eat. So Paul's not pushing his position. But he says, you're questioning me because I don't eat? We understand that, even though we don't offer meat to idols. But it's the second one that was causing confusion to me. They were questioning Paul because Paul wasn't taking their money. Huh? Well, I've got a right as an apostle to be supported by the church. If, if a pastor comes into the church and you pay my salary, you pay a missionary salary, ministers have a right to be supported by the church because that is the, the way God said it. You don't muzzle the ox. Nature says if you're a farmer, you're going to partake. There's things if you're going to be in the ball of the church. I have a right to do this because, because you're my people, Paul would say. They said, well, Paul, if we want to support you, you're not taking our money. 
Why aren't you taking our money, Paul? Peter does. Cephas, Barnabas do. If, if my wife comes in, you'll support my wife. But Paul, you won't, you won't take our money. Why won't you take our money? Are you superior to us? Is our money not good enough for you? And so there's a understand, misunderstanding that they really misunderstood. <clears throat> and so they questioned him. And Paul says, I'm free not to take your money. I'm free to take your money. But this issue of freedom, Paul has a reason that they don't quite get. And so his, in his difference says, I have a right to, to, to do what I feel God's Spirit leads me to do. But I'm not going to eat the meat because it's going to offend somebody. <clears throat> and I'm not going to take your money because it's going to offend somebody. Now, if you're scratching your head, you're joining me in this confusion because this is where I was. I thought, what's going on here? Paul says, I have rights and I have a right to lay down my right. I'm free to lay it down or free to pick it up. I'm free of all things. I'm not bound by any expectation that you have of me. I'm not bound by any protocol. I'm not bound by any cultural rule. I'm not bound by the, the policies of the church. I'm bound. He says, my I am bound to Christ, and I am free to serve as Christ would serve. <clears throat> because in the kingdom of God, grace and the kingdom, agape love, is always other-centered. And that's the principle. Love enters into another world to serve, to connect, to, to be there for them. And Paul says, I'm going to give you an explanation, but I don't think you'll understand it. And so he says that his, in his discipline, my identity as a Christian, as an apostle, as a believer, is I'm free from all men, and I don't lose my focus because of Christ, and I'm not going to compromise and give in to you. My direction is coming right from God. His integrity is Christ-driven. And he says, I serve Christ. Everything I do is motivated from top down, from Christ, outward this way. It isn't this way up to Christ. And so Paul says, my heart is free to give myself to every man. But now why is this important? You may be wondering. The question is, for Paul, Paul understood something that the Corinthians didn't. Being a Christian frees you from being self-centered, self-absorbed, self-preoccupied, living with your agenda, with your preferences, your prerogatives being at the top shelf that what you consider. And Jesus would say, as Paul would say before, that to live for yourself is to lose your life, but to lose your life is to live for others. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, that self-centeredness goes out of the focus, and then Christ comes into focus, you, that way you produce much fruit. But Paul said, but you're not, you don't understand that because you're still preoccupied with your self-centered, your way of doing things. Now, why would take money be an offensive thing? They didn't get it. Paul did get it. And here's what we don't get because we're not in this context. The problem was, back then, if a, 
Back then, if a teacher like Socrates or Aristotle or a philosopher would walk around, these are the peripatetic. The guys go from town to town, and they would give information. And as they would give information, they would say, if you want more, we have an advanced class. And you pay money, and you'll follow me into this class. And a lot of teachers were making money off of their continued education. You hear that today, that if you pay money, you get more advanced knowledge. Special privileges. And so in the school of Athens, that was the common thing. But for Paul says, I'm not going to introduce this into the church. And the reason why it would be offensive is this. If you're rich, you could pay for education. And if you get education, you can be superior in your knowledge. And people would say, well, if you're rich, you may have access more to Paul and the leadership. And if you have rich people paying their way so they get this class system, the poor people wouldn't have access to Paul because they didn't have the money. And Paul says, if you're rich and you get elevated in power and position, you are going to cause the church to divide. You're splitting the church. Because the poor have equal access to all the kingdom knowledge, not just the privileged. And therefore, I don't want to introduce a political party system where the people in the church who have the money have the power. If that's the way the church is going, you are not being disciplined in your focus. Because there's something greater than power and politics and knowledge. It's the power of love. And so Paul was fighting for this message my goal of my instruction is to make you a lover of all men. Independent of their social standing, independent of their economic standing, independent of their, of their educational standing. Because we're all one in Christ. And Paul had to fight for that. And therefore, to conclude, Paul says, I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you, I'm asking you to learn. Not, I'm asking you to give up your rights to think it's not about the self, it's not about the culture, it's not about the law, because to those under the law, I become under the law. Why could he go under the law? Because his law was the law of love. To those who without the law, the same law, he was under the law of love. And so Paul says, to the Jew, I became a Jew. We'll, fix, we'll pick up on this next week because the argument continues on in chapter 10 and 11. So this is the issue of figure out this freedom. Because if you are free from all men, you're not a man pleaser. You're a Christ pleaser. It's tricky. There's lots of parts to this. But it's interesting that Paul had the understanding and they judged and misunderstood Paul. Well, we'll continue this next week because there's so much that the application is real. But the question is, are you a disciple that knows how to love and grow in your ability to love all people, all races, all cultures, without prejudice, without a selfish agenda, without politicizing? That's a radical way of living. That's a kingdom community. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this word. Thanks for the people being patient and as we want to enjoy the day. Father, we close with our worship, but just take these words, put them in our hearts, and make them grow. In Jesus' name, amen.